We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 718 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at AndyHermanNFL. You can follow my writing at Packer Report. You can follow us on Twitter at PackerReport66. And of course, you can follow the podcast at Pack-A-Day podcast. I know this is a little bit different. I am coming to you on a Sunday. Usually you hear me on a Monday. I made a little bit of a switch this week. So on Monday is going to be Tyler Grezegorek and Gage Bridgeford. So definitely make sure to check them out tomorrow. But uh, I'm going to be bringing you this special Sunday episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. And uh, today I'm really going to be focusing in on my most recent article uh, for Packer Report which was breaking down the play of Kamal Martin. So recently I had the opportunity to go through and study a bunch of his tape, kind of break him down in great detail. I went back and I watched two games from 2018 uh, on the All-22, and then I watched every snap of his from 2019 on the All-22 as well. So I really got kind of a great gauge for what Kamal Martin is, what Kamal Martin isn't, what he can bring to the table, whether or not he can compete for a spot 
uh, you know, this season and whether or not, you know, he can be a actual contributor on this team. So um, I kind of broke it down in the article. I just went over my 12 observations today on the podcast. I'm going to start by going over the positives, then I'll go over the negatives, and then I'll kind of wrap things up from there. Uh, So let's just jump right in and let's go over some of the positives that I was able to see on tape again when I watched every snap of Kamal Martin from 2019. The number one thing, period, whether it was a positive or a negative, the number one thing that popped off the tape with Kamal Martin was his leadership traits. And that may not seem super sexy. You know, you may have wanted me to, you know, hear me say that, you know, he's making plays all over the place, that he's got this explosive speed dynamic or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, that he's consistently making an impact on the field. But that that leadership trait, that intangible is something that is very relevant, especially at the inside linebacker position. Nonetheless, he seems to have the ability to be a player who's going to be able to have that green uh, dot on the back of his helmet, that he's going to be able to be the one that's calling the plays, communicating with his teammates. And the reason that I really believe that to be the case is because you could see it constantly on tape in 2019, especially. Uh, He was a captain the last couple seasons at the University of Minnesota. You could see the big uh, captain's crest on his chest. You didn't even need to see it, to be totally honest. You could see him consistently communicating plays to players. And this isn't just the players that were next to him or the front seven or things like that. This is a player who was constantly communicating with corners, safeties, uh, linebackers, you know, defensive linemen, making sure that people were aligned correctly, making sure that the call uh, was being executed the way that it was supposed to. Um, not only pre-snap, but there were times post-snap where you would see him communicating, making sure that you know everyone was on the same page as well. So a fantastic communicator, a fantastic leader, constantly getting people uh, again set up in the right spot, making sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. That is something that immediately, immediately, immediately jumped off the tape. And again, uh, in every game in. 2019, you saw it in the couple games I watched in 2018, I saw it. Um, and again, it's just something that, you know, you can't always teach, you know, that that leadership, that ability to communicate vocally, uh, what people are supposed to be doing to have that confidence uh, that you have to be the guy that's that, that's kind of making sure that, again, people are in place. Um, I just think that that's a, a unique skill. It, it doesn't fit for everyone. And I, I think that, you know, it's going to help him early on in his career, potentially, if ever needed, um, to that, that he has that trait, that he can communicate with his teammates um, and make sure that, uh, again, everyone's set up the way that they're supposed to be. So that was number 1A that jumped off the tape. Number 2 is that he played on all three downs and he played a really a true linebacker spot for the University of Minnesota. Um, I actually recently was listening to uh, a podcast uh, with Ben Fennel, um, and I'm butchering probably the name of the podcast now, but uh, you know, he actually was recently talking about, it's the uh, Journey to the Draft podcast that he does along with Fran Duffy. And uh, they were talking about the 2016 draft and breaking it down in, in great detail. And one of the things that he mentioned in that uh, in that podcast, he was talking about the the Darren Lees and the Miles Jack uh, Miles Jacks of the world and all these different fast, speedy inside line or linebackers, I should say. And he brought up a great point where you'll see a lot of these linebackers playing almost over a in like a slot corner type position so far off the ball that they're not really even accounted for by the offense. Um, as linebackers. And because of that, you'll see a lot of these speedy, fast linebackers that are basically almost set up as like a, in a slot corner type position uh, who have the speed to, to kind of do some of that. Um, you'll see them making plays all over the field, but it, it's just using their speed and, and athleticism. And it, it, there's no real 
I don't want to say there's no technique to it, but there's not the technique that it, that uh, a true inside linebacker or a true linebacker possesses where you have to disengage from blockers. You have to make sure that you're getting to your spot at the right time, that you're timing up everything correctly, that you're uh, really using your instincts really well. Like th- That's a lot more difficult position to play than, than some of the Darren Lees and the Miles Jacks and some of those players who are playing, again, almost like that nickel corner position as a linebacker. Again, offenses just aren't really accounting for them as a linebacker. And because of that, it, it makes their job a little bit easier. And we've seen some of those linebackers struggle with their transition to the NFL because of that. Again, I can't take any credit for this. This was a great conversation between uh, Ben and Fr- uh, Fran on their podcast, uh, but I thought it was really uh, wise. And I, and I think it makes a ton of sense. And, and the thing that you love to see about Kamal Martin is he, he's, he played a true linebacker role. This isn't somebody who was just in space and using athleticism and not having to fight off blocks. He legitimately had to learn how to be a linebacker. It's going to be a position that he, you know, basically transitions to at the NFL level. Um, he played some inside, he played some outside. And uh, again, he had to learn the skill and the nuance to, to be that type of player. And, and on top of that, he played on all three downs. You know, this was not a player that Minnesota felt that they had to take off the field because of any major limitation or weakness. You know, he was able to be used uh, as a, you know, a coverage linebacker, a blitzing linebacker, a uh, run stopping linebacker. And I'm not saying he's perfect at any of those. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but you love the fact that he was able to play on all three downs. And I think he has the ability to be a special, a really strong special teams player in the NFL as well. You know, the, the tenacity that he shows, he's constantly hustling. He has the great football IQ. He has good instincts. So I I think, you know, you love to see that he played on all three downs on defense in college. I think he has the ability to play uh, a lot of those special teams roles in the NFL. You just love to see that versatility and the fact that Minnesota didn't have to pull him off the field for any given reason. So I think that was a positive as well. I talked about just a moment ago uh, playing that that true linebacker position, and you know today's modern NFL, you know linebackers are getting smaller and more athletic. You know uh, Kamal Martin is good size, but he's still you know in the 240 pound range. Um, when you're going up against 300 plus pound offensive linemen, you know you have to figure out a way. Uh, that you don't have to play in a phone booth and, and really try to disengage from those type of situations. No linebacker, whether it be in college or the NFL, wants to make a consistent living going up against 300 plus pound offensive linemen and trying to figure out how they're going to get out of that situation. So because of that, as a linebacker, you have to really learn some nuance and some skill to the position to make sure that uh, you don't get in those situations. And, and I think you would see a, a couple different things from Kamal Martin that stood out where he was able to avoid getting in those battles with, again, those 300 plus pound linemen. The first is that he has very quick hands. So you'll see offensive linemen come out, try to get their hands on Kamal and he swipes them away and is able to kind of go make a, a play on the ball carrier. So so that's kind of one and, and really quick hands. You can tell that he, you know, he, he does it more than once. This is something that showed up on tape consistently and uh, is really a skill of his. So that's something that he can continue to use moving forward. And it, it's a skill that's going to serve him well as he makes that transition to the NFL. Uh, the other thing is, again, just some of the football IQ and beating the offensive lineman to the spot. So if you don't want to have to you know, engage, again, those, those bigger linemen, then you have to kind of beat them, whether that be with quickness or smarts, instincts, whatever it may be. And there were multiple times on tape where Martin was able to use his athleticism to beat the offensive lineman to the spot that he was trying to get to and, again, go make a play on the ball carrier. So whether it be that the instincts, uh, again, the athleticism, uh, some of the quick hands that he uses, uh, 
uh, he uses those traits to his advantage so that he doesn't have to get in those uh, you know those fights uh, in a phone booth with offensive linemen. And I think again that's something that's going to serve him very well at the NFL level. The next thing that stood out as a positive was his constant heart, hustle, determination, whatever uh, cliche term that you want to use here. Uh, but this is not just one of those where you know you just say, "Oh, you know, he's you know he's a pro's pro," and you know, he legitimately would continue to hustle on plays, continue to fight downfield. Um, you would see him, you know, kind of uh, wrap around, even if the the play was to the exact opposite side of the field. He would keep hustling, you know, working his way to that side of the field. Sometimes making plays on the ball. And in the NFL, those type of plays sometimes can be the difference between a long gain and a touchdown or uh, the difference between a, you know, a, a long gain and a turnover. Sometimes when players are able to chase down from behind, they're able to force a fumble. Uh, and those can be momentum changing plays, game changing plays, the, the difference between a win and a loss in a game. And again, you some of the things that you see out of, of Kamal are just the, the intangible things. And sometimes that translates very, very well to the NFL. He does all the things that he's supposed to do. Again, he's, you can just tell that he studies the tape and, and that he's very confident in what he's doing out on the field. I, I can't speak to the off field and to know if he was a, uh, a tape room maniac and he, you know, he was constantly there, whatever the case may be. I don't have that information, unfortunately, but uh, I would be willing to guess that he is, that he's putting in the work because it shows out on the field. Uh, again, those instincts, the IQ, the leadership ability, the hustle, like all of those intangible things, you know, Martin shines at. And again, I, whether that, you know, proves him to be just a great special teams player or whether that allows him to be a successful, you know, every down linebacker in the NFL, only time is going to tell. But he, you know, the fact that he has those traits is only going to help him as he does make that transition. I also think he has really good tackling form. So you will see him miss tackles from time to time. Every once in a while, he's going to overrun a play. Uh, every once in a while, a player with just better agility and foot speed in the open field is going to get the best of him. Uh, you know, he's a little bit stiff at times. And uh, if he gets somebody shiftier in the open field, uh, sometimes you'll see him grasping at air. But when he's one-on-one matched up, whether it be in the in the hole or in the open field, uh, when he's in a position to make that tackle, uh, it's a form tackle. He's wrapping up. You do not see players break out of Kamal Martin tackles. He's definitely willing to pop a guy and uh, make sure that, you know, they remember that they got hit by Kamal Martin but he's doing it while using good fundamentals and good tackling form. This isn't somebody who's just, you know, lowering their helmet or trying to make the biggest hit possible without wrapping up and, you know, so it looks good on tape or whatever the case may be. This is somebody that's, again, using great form um, and and really doing everything that he's supposed to as a linebacker to make sure tackles and make sure that people aren't escaping and getting bigger gains. So uh, you love to see that from him as well. Again, there's a consistency here, right? It's doing the small things the right way uh, to make him a successful player. I mean, Mike McCarthy talked all the time for a decade in Green Bay about fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Uh, He would have loved Kamal Martin because he has those sort of things in spades. And then the last positive is his size. And um, you know, 6'3", 240, 6'4", 240, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. You know, it's not like he's this huge, massive guy, but a massive wig- wingspan. He had he was in the 95th, I think 95th percentile for his arm length. And uh, you can tell he just got these, you know, go-go gadget arms uh, that kind of go on for days. And it creates this massive wingspan. And this is something for an inside linebacker that uh, I think sometimes gets overshadowed. You know, one of the reasons why the, the Chicago Bears were so successful at times with Brian Urlacher at an inside linebacker position was because he was such a, a large human being. Obviously, the, the speed really helped Urlacher as well in that cover two defense. 
And uh, it was something that the Packers always had trouble with is trying to throw over the top of Urlacher uh, because he had that great speed, that great athleticism. Um, he, he Again, he was a 6'4 uh, inside linebacker. And it just makes that cover two defense that the Bears ran so difficult to throw over the top of him because, you know, a lot of times, sometimes you'll see inside linebackers 5'11, 6 feet, 6'1, six maybe 6'2. Six um, and a lot of the bigger, you know, 6'4 guys don't always have uh, the, the best athleticism. And again, when you're playing that Tampa two, that cover two, where the inside linebackers in the zone, the two safeties are flaring out. It's the inside linebackers' responsibility to carry the seam. And uh, a lot of times, the the weakness there is is being able to throw over the top of the linebacker, especially if you can get uh, a receiver, bigger receiver, or faster receiver to to kind of get up the seam. Maybe sometimes a bigger tight end and, and kind of throw them open. Um, that, that can still be, uh, whether you're 6'4 or 6'1, it can still be a vulnerability. But when you're 6'4 and have long arms, it just creates a much, much, much tighter window for the quarterback. So you'll see when Kamal Martin is playing in some of those um, underneath zones, you know, you look from the, the end zone view and see what the quarterback's looking at. And you just see this, you know, large human being roaming the middle of the field. And again, whether it's, you know, whether you're trying to throw an underneath pass or whether you're trying to throw over the top of him, because he has those long arms, that great size. Um, it just looks like the the windows are even smaller than what they normally are. So um, that that's one of his unique traits, and I think that's again something that's going to really help him out at the NFL level. You don't always think of those those long arms. You know, you always hear about long arms for offensive tackles, uh, but I think again his size and that arm length is actually get really going to help him out in the NFL as well. So those were my main positive takeaways with Kamal Martin, and I definitely think, um, again, all of those traits are definitely going to be uh, transferable uh, as he moves forward, and, and certainly things that are going to help him from day one in the NFL. Uh, but he also has some limitations. There's also some things that he's going to have to overcome and, and prove that he can uh, be better at in the NFL than maybe he was in college. And, and some of these things may take some time, and really his... his his career trajectory may be ultimately tied to how he can fix some of these things. Before I get into them, let me just start by saying one of the the positive traits that I, I maybe didn't go over in my positives with Martin is there's nothing that he's terrible at. There's no massive hole in his game where you're like, all right, you know, we can we can absolutely exploit this when Kamal Martin's on the field. There's things he needs to get better at, and we'll go over those in just a second. But there's nothing that I looked at that said, okay, this is a fatal weakness, and he's only going to be able to be a one or two down linebacker. He's going to have to be a specialist because he doesn't have X, Y, or Z. So I think that's one of the other positives is that you can use him in a variety of different ways. And again, he doesn't have any major weakness. But let's go over some of those weaknesses nonetheless. I think the first one is coverage and specifically man coverage. Uh, you know, Minnesota didn't use a ton of man coverage, especially later in the season in 2019. You saw it a little bit more in 2018. You saw it a little bit in 2019. But when Martin was asked to be in strict man-to-man coverage, you would definitely see him get uh, a little bit grabby. It's something that's going to get called at the NFL level if he continues to use his hands in that regards. Um, a lot of it is just lack of, of foot quickness and change of direction ability. Uh, and, and when you get him in the open field, you know, if, if he has to start covering, you know, some of the, you know, Travis Kelsey's of the world and, and players like that, uh, or running backs, Christian McCaffrey's, uh, Alvin Kamara's, you know, if he gets matched up one-on-one on some of those type of players in the open field, uh, that can absolutely be a problem. Now, 
those players are absolutely a problem for most players. But I think even if you go down the list a little bit more, maybe some of the, you know, whether it's a, a David Njoku or, you know, some of the, the athletic tight ends, Eric Ebron, that maybe aren't the, the Travis Kelsey's who give everyone problems. You know, even some of the, the middling type tight ends, I think could give him problems. Same thing with running backs. If he gets matched up in one-on-one coverage. And, and I think his man coverage ability is something that's going to have to really, you know, be worked on. He's good in zones. Uh, he's good at spying the quarterback. He, he's good in, um, you know, some of those situations, he's got good instincts you know, he plays the ball. Well, he's got pretty good ball skills. Um, you know, he, there was a, a wheel route run by uh, a running back. I have it posted on my Twitter feed and he covered it beautifully, just absolutely beautifully. Um, so you love to see some things like that. Um, it, it's, it's not all bad in coverage. Um, he plays underneath coverage pretty darn well. So um, it's not like, again, he's this total liability in coverage, but especially his man coverage is going to be something that needs to improve if he wants to be uh, that three down linebacker and see some of those nickel and dime snaps as he moves forward in his career. That's going to be totally dependent upon how we can improve as a man coverage specialist. The next uh, negative is I just talked about how he doesn't have any major negatives in his game. I don't know what his special trait is. I don't know when I look at Kamal Martin, when I watch him, I don't know if there's anything that I say, okay, that is something that we can really build around and, and be something special. I love his leadership. I love all those intangible things, that unique size. There's some positives there, but when you watch it translate out on the field, there's nothing that I look at and say, oh, you know, holy cow, this is this is going to be something that's really fantastic. Um, you know, whether it be man coverage, zone coverage, blitzing, you know, run defending, th- there's nothing that I look at and say, you know, this is, this is special. You know, Green Bay can really work off of this. And that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player. It doesn't mean that he can't be a really good player. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen players develop some of these traits and skills over time, um, if, especially once they get on the field and they get on the field because they don't have any major weaknesses. They start off as a solid player. They grow their game. They get more specialized as they get to the NFL. They get better coaching and maybe they develop some of those traits. But I think that's something that Kamal Martin is going to have to develop because I don't think he has you know, any sort of specific special trait at the moment. And I think that's going to ultimately limit how high his ceiling is. I I don't ever see Martin being a a Pro Bowl level inside linebacker. And again, we don't know what these players are going to develop into. Uh, What I'm saying is what I see on tape and how I'm projecting it right now to the NFL level. I have a tough time projecting Kamal Martin and saying, you know what, this guy's a future Pro Bowler, all pro. And and you're not expecting it to be that, that, you know, a late fifth round pick to be projectable as a Pro Bowler, all pro player. But I I do think it's noteworthy that, uh, again, there's nothing on on tape that would, you know, say to me, this is a a special player that has unique traits and it's going to transition very well to the NFL. Um, If he wants to be that type of player, he's going to have to develop more and he's going to have to grow some of those special traits because I don't think that he necessarily possesses them at the moment. Uh, The next negative is uh, some of the, just the sideline to sideline speed and getting to some of the plays on the field that, you know, I talked earlier about the Miles Jackson, the Darren Lees, you know, some of those type of players, you know, didn't always turn out the best in the NFL, but they can get to any spot on the field when they need to. And their issue isn't a lack of foot quickness. 
Um, you know, you talk about some of the, the best linebackers. You're, you're talking about the ones that can start in the middle of the field, get sideline to sideline, and uh, make any play that's out on the football field. It's something that really plagued Blake Martinez over his career as a Green Bay Packer. You know, inside uh, the tackles, um, you know, he was mostly doing what he was supposed to do, being a pretty solid inside linebacker, making the calls, you know, doing all those sorts of things. But, you know, when things were stretched out, sideline to sideline, and, and Martinez had to be the one that's kind of making some of those reads and making sure he can get outside. Side. I mean, the 49ers ate, you know, Martinez alive and it wasn't all on Blake Martinez. The defensive line had uh, a great deal to do with that as well, but there's simply plays on the field that Martinez couldn't make. And while I think, um, you know, anyone that really evaluates Kamal Martin pretty much says to a T, you know, the athleticism overall is there. I still don't think that he has that top end speed, uh, that second gear to go out and just get players. He closes to the football well. So if you see him have the opportunity to get to the quarterback or get to a running back in the backfield, um, he does have a a little bit of an explosive close to the football. Uh, But there are going to be plays where just the foot quickness, uh, sideline to sideline, is just uh, a hitch slow. And it's something that I think could result um, in in him not being, again, that ideal linebacker that can get sideline to sideline. Is it a major weakness? No, uh, but I don't think it's ever going to be, again, uh, something that he specializes in in the NFL. The next one is uh, disengaging from defenders, or excuse me, disengaging from offensive linemen, I should say. And I talked about this earlier. He does a great job of mitigating some of that by using his quick hands, by getting to the spot before the lineman can. Uh, but like most inside linebackers, if he's one-on-one uh, with a 300-plus pound offensive lineman, it's going to be something that he struggles with. You know, he doesn't have that top-end strength. He's a physical football player. I think he's best as a run defender, and I think that's something he can come in from day one and potentially help with, uh, dependence upon how this offseason goes and, and how far back he is because of, you know, the lack of rookie mini camps and OTAs and and uh, things like that. I think, you know, he could just be behind the eight ball so much that, you know, he's not really a factor. However, I do think that his his better traits are are kind of from a run stopping standpoint because he is a physical player. But again, when you're at 240 and you're going up against those bigger offensive linemen, uh, nobody wants to make a living doing that. And you you will see some of the, again, the best linebackers, the, you know, previously the the Luke Keekleys of the world where they're able to, uh, you know, get on an offensive lineman, um, you know, set, disengage, go make the play. You you saw a couple of those plays with Martin, you know, flash here and there, uh, but it wasn't anything consistent. And uh, I still think he's going to need the help of his defensive lineman in front of him. It's not somebody that, you know, you don't have to block for this type of guy. He's going to go make plays no matter what. Um, I do think that, you know, you generally want to keep him clean. Um, and I do think that, you know, just straight up disengaging and getting in a, a fist fight and trying to uh, disengage from those offensive linemen isn't necessarily ever going to be his true strength, which again, for most linebackers, it's, it's not in today's day and age. Uh, next is blitzing. You know, he had uh, a sack this past year, but it was uh, basically unblocked. As I mentioned, he's got pretty good close to the quarterback. There were some plays where he was set to make a sack and uh, the quarterback just got rid of it at the last minute. You know, when I looked at it though, there were a couple plays where Minnesota would bring him off the edge. He had no game plan. He had no uh, plan of attack to try to get around an offensive lineman. I saw multiple plays on tape where it was one-on-one with a halfback or a running back. 
And, uh, you know, the, the old adage, you know, backers on backs equals sacks. Well, uh, unfortunately with Kamal Martin, it wasn't. There were times where he just got stacked by smaller running backs and you wanted to see him run through those players and go make a play on the quarterback. And uh, you just didn't see enough of that. He also, I mentioned earlier, some of the, the issues with change of direction. You know, if he gets in a situation where he needs to kind of bend around the edge or some of those, you know, twists and stunts inside, um, again, just his ability to kind of turn and, and bend is is not his, his skill. Again, he's a little bit stiff and, uh, you know, those type of plays don't really serve him super well. So when you look at him, um, you know, wanting to be on the field as a, a nickel or dime type linebacker, I think he's going to struggle at the moment because I mentioned some of the issues in man coverage. You know, sometimes Sometimes you can mitigate that by, you know, being a really good blitzer, somebody who can kind of, uh, you know, still put pressure on teams by maybe not being a great coverage guy, but being a great blitz guy. Uh, but he doesn't have that either. You know, he's, he's really good as a spy. Uh, he spies quarterbacks really well. He drops in zone coverage pretty well. Uh, but uh, I just think some of those limitations in, in both coverage and blitzing are going to make it that, uh, you know, probably Mike Patton's not going to be super eager to get him in some of those sub, ba- sub packages early on in his career, which could limit him more to early downs. And again, being a, a special teams type of player. And last but not least, you know, maybe my biggest concern with Kamal Martin is just some of the lack of the play, uh, lack of playmaking. And I, I kind of, my initial thought on this was, it just kind of seems like the, the classic Packers linebacker as of late, whether it be the, the AJ Hawks, the Jake Ryans, the Blake Martinez, the Antonio Morrison, like wh- wherever you want to go with this, um, you can tell it's a position that you know, really, I guess, since AJ Hawk, they haven't valued, they haven't put a ton of time, effort, energy, and resources into the position. Um, And I don't necessarily disagree with that, uh, but I do think that it limits the type of playmaking ability that you're going to get from that inside linebacker position. And I think with Kamal Martin, it's very similar to some of the limitations that you saw with Blake Martinez and Jake Ryan uh, from a playmaking standpoint. You know, in his last 20 games, he had one sack and it was unblocked. You know, he's, again, he's not a great pressure guy. He's not a great blitz guy. Um, and that's, again, a limitation in his game. And then you look at uh, the interceptions. He's had two interceptions in his last 27 games. One of those was off a tip. The other one, he made a pretty good play on the football. Uh, but you're again, you're not seeing him make a ton of these turnover-worthy plays. You're not seeing him come up with big sacks. You're not seeing him, um, you know, come up with a, a ton of tackles for loss. You'll see a couple here and there. You'll see him shoot a gap here and there. But this is a player who, again, for the most part, is doing his job, not making mistakes, making sure that people are lined up on the field. You can win with players like Kamal Martin, uh, but again, I, I struggle to project him as an impact level inside linebacker in the NFL simply because I just think he's he's solid. He's not spectacular. And again, some of that lack of playmaking is something that really goes into that. And until he proves to, you know, to me and kind of puts on tape that, you know, he can be a playmaker, make some of those big time splash plays, the interceptions, the forced fumbles, the fumble recoveries, the sacks, the tackles for loss, you know, those are the type of plays that I want to see. And again, up until that point, you know, again, I think you can be successful with him on the field because he's not making mistakes, but you know, you kind of get what you pay for. And as a late fifth round pick, uh, there's again, some of these holes in his game and, and maybe not the high end traits, not maybe the high end production that you would get from taking a linebacker earlier in the draft. Again, it's not to say he can't be successful. It's not to say he can't be really good, uh, but I do think it limits his overall ceiling as an NFL prospect. So those are my, my overall takeaways with Kamal Martin. 
Um, overall, you know, I think he has the ability to compete at inside linebacker. That may not be as much of a praise of Kamal Martin as it is simply the state of the Packers inside linebacker group. I think everyone expects Christian Kirksey kind of to be the 1A guy, and then everything else is kind of up for grabs. I would expect Raven Green to be heavily used once again in some of the sub packages next to Christian Kirksey, and I think he had great success when he was healthy, uh, especially last year. Although it was very limited, I would still expect him to be in that conversation. But then, you know, who else plays in some of those base packages? Um, Who would go up if, you know, Kirksey were to get hurt, um, you know, or, or Raven Green were to get hurt again? Um, and I think Kamal Martin's in those those conversations. I don't have a ton of faith um, at this point, and again, until proven different with Oren Burks. I like Curtis Bolton, but uh, again, he's an undrafted guy who sat out all of last season. I'm not sure how much stock you want to put in him when, uh, he, again, that, that's simply the case. And again, he he was gracious enough to come on the podcast. Awesome dude. I was you know certainly cheering him on. I think he has a still a bright future in front of him. But uh, you know when when anyone period when they were an undrafted player and then had to sit out the entire first season due to injury, um, it just kind of uh, unfortunately hampers those expectations a little bit. Uh, Ty Summers, I, I still have actually quite a bit of faith in. I think he can be a, a really good player, but um, again, I still think that he has uh, some work to do. I think he, um, you know, needs to work on his coverage, just his, his general tackling and, and wrap up ability. Make sure that some of those tackles that he missed a season ago, especially in preseason, you know, kind of don't rear their ugly head again. But I think that inside linebacker position is up for grabs, and I think Kamal Martin's going to be in that conversation. How much of the offseason puts him kind of behind the eight ball is still uh, to be seen, and whether or not he can make an impact or, you know, to an extent, I guess, even make the team. I mean, as a as a fifth round pick, I think the expectation is you're probably going to make the team. But um, you know, crazier things have happened, and I, I would be pretty shocked if if Martin didn't make the team. But uh, you know, I, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason. It's going to be an interesting training camp um, to figure out you know what the pecking order at linebacker is going to be. And between Burks and Bolton and Summers and Martin, it, it'll be really interesting to see who ends up two, three, four, five, or maybe two, three, four slash out of job. And uh, I think it's going to be a really competitive position. So it should be fun to, to kind of keep an eye on. All right. Well, that is my Kamal Martin takeaways. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Probably not quite as intriguing maybe as the Jordan Love uh, 12 takeaways, but uh, those were my 12 for, for Kamal Martin. I think he's a really interesting player. Um, you know, not again, not anyone that, that flashed for me. Uh, when I watched some of his 2018 stuff and some of his early 2019 stuff, um, I was really underwhelmed and I started off being like, I don't know what, you know, Green Bay saw. And then there were a few games in the middle of 2019 before he got hurt where he had, you know, back to back to back really good games. Actually, it was two really strong games and then like a really good first quarter before he went out with an injury um, and missed a couple games. But uh, he, he strung a few really nice games together. And that was kind of the, the switch for me that saw some of what Green Bay saw of you know the the potential and I do think that he's still in an upward trajectory I think he's still getting better I, I think he has the opportunity to be a successful linebacker in the NFL but again I just uh, I just question some of the ceiling that does it for me uh, again make sure to check out Tyler and Gage tomorrow I uh, appreciate all the support appreciate everything that you guys do to uh, listen in download subscribe uh, again telling friends about the podcast following us on Twitter um, it really does help us um, if anyone's willing to leave a comment uh, or again subscribe to the podcast that stuff helps us out so incredibly much leave a five-star review uh, wherever you get your podcasts or again I always say it like even even if you can't just do that just tell a friend about it or tweet out about how much you love the 
the podcast. Like that small level of support um, really does go a very far way. And uh, again, for uh, most of us, we're doing this for a, a labor of love and, and just because we enjoy talking about the Packers and, uh, uh, you know, bringing this information and, and content to you guys every single day. Um, so anything that you guys uh, can do to just uh, support and listen and follow is amazing. But uh, we will certainly take you guys tuning in every day and listening. And uh, that that's certainly more than enough for us. And I can't appreciate you uh, enough for doing that and, and supporting the show. That does it for me. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow me um, or follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. But I'm going to get out of here and stop rambling. So next, uh, until next time, and as always, go pack, go. world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.